0: The God of the universe fashioned our hearts for his indwelling spirit. Our hearts will not rest until they rest in him. The following is from a prayer place gathering. Join us at OneHeartOneCity.us Psalm 22 verse 3, it says, He inhabits the praises of his people. Isn't that beautiful? That's so beautiful, is that as we praise him, his presence just comes. His presence just falls upon us. He inhabits our praises. He makes himself manifest upon us. So glorious. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And from this, this posture of his presence, I just wanna share with you my testimony. A little bit of what he's done in my life okay not a little bit a lot of bit of what he's done (laughs) in my life he's done all sorts of good and I just want to give him glory and honor for what he's done the Hebrew word protect the root word actually it means to do again (laughs) isn't that awesome (laughs) to do it again Lord do it again so what he's done in my life he wants to do again in your life isn't that awesome so when you share your testimony, what happens? All of a sudden, the environment, the atmosphere shifts. The atmosphere shifts, and faith is made manifest. And faith is the substance of God here on earth. We actually touch him. And he can touch your heart right now through this testimony. So if you hear something that you relates to you, be like, do it again, Lord. Do it again in me. Do it again in me, Okay. So if you hear anything that you relate to, just, yeah, receive it, receive it. So I'm, I was born and raised uh, a Catholic uh, by name, right? And my dad, he made sure Sunday Mass was the most important thing. And I'm sure a lot of you can relate to that, where it was just like, just get your butt to Mass, right? I'd be like, Dad, why? He'd be like, just do it. Or you're not going to see your friends, or you're not going out for breakfast. And let me tell you something. I love myself an omelet. I'm telling you, I did not want to miss breakfast. And so I went to church. I went to church. And you better believe, I, when I knelt, I did not slouch. If my butt hit that pew, then he wasn't going to let me go over to my friend's house. And I was like, okay, okay, sit up straight. Good, good, good. And so I kind of, you know, I was, I was made to go to mass. But I never really had a personal relationship with the Lord. And so as a high school student and as a middle school even, everything was all about popularity. It was all about, like, sports. It was about dating girls and just, pe- just getting people to like you, okay? And so it was always, like, I would do whatever the crowd wanted me to do. I was a people pleaser. And so I did, and now it's different. Now it's different. Now it's different. Now I'm a Jesus pleaser. I don't care what you think about me right now. I really don't. I just want to give him glory. And whatever I do, whatever I say, whatever, anything, I just pray it gives him glory. If, it, if I look like a fool, I will be a fool for Jesus Christ all day long. I do, I do not care. I want his reckless love, and that means I've got to be a little reckless. i got to get out of myself get out of myself. I was so selfish. And when I went off the couch, it was still about me, 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 me. Some of you can sing that song. You remember that? Do, re, me. See, see, my song was me, 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 me. It was so annoying, right? So annoying. It was all about me. And I decided, you know what? I'm just going to join a fraternity. I'm going to just going to party. I'm going to just go with the crowd, and I went with the crowd, and I began to drink at an early age, and I drank way too much, and I partied way too much, and I ended up getting the consequences of that. I ended up going to the hospital three different times due to alcohol-related incidents. Three different times. And and you think I would, I would learn from a, a near-death experience. I actually had a time where I was wrestling with the Brother, my head hit the ground, hit the cement, split my skull open. They had to put staples in my head. And while the staples in my head, my heart stopped for eight seconds. And you think I would have learned after that, right? But I didn't because the crowd still wanted me to be party Adam. They still wanted me to go out and have fun and get crazy, right, just to please other people. And so I continued to do that. And then I got a DUI, ended up drinking and driving. And, and thanks be to God, I didn't get anybody. No one was injured in the thing. My heart was definitely injured. And I remember when I was sitting in the drunk amongst a lot of other men where I was just kind of like, what am I doing here? I'm, I'm, I'm going to be an elementary special ed teacher. That's what I was studying for. Why am I here? I shouldn't be here. And this shame kind of came over me. And then I was like, there, something happened in my heart in that, that rock-bottom moment where I realized, I mean, it's just kind of like the son where he came to his senses. I came to my senses. I said, I cannot do this on my own. I cannot continue to live the way that I am living right now. If I do that, I will end up probably killing myself or injuring someone else in the process. I need help. And you know what? And this here's faithful parents. There's some faithful parents out there that has been going to mass, you've been going to church. Your whole life, you have got a faithful relationship with the Lord all the time. I had to, I thought about happiness, and what came to mind was my parents. My parents were so happy. They didn't know anything about the faith, but they believed in God. They believed in the Lord, and they would always tell me, Adam, place your trust, place your problems in Jesus. He will take care of you. And I just remember that, and I go, I I want that happiness. I want to be happy. I want what they have. And so I decided in that moment, I said, and I felt this, this feeling like erupt in me, like this, this uh, like water, living water, like you hear in John 4, that just kind of came out of me in this desire, this thirst for the scriptures. I wanted to know about this Jesus that my parents kept placing their trust in and telling me to go to. This little heart is screaming it right now. Thank you. Can I get a high five? Yeah, thank you. You can give me a high five. I know you can. Girl, all right, gonna have to ice that down. Good, good, good. Yeah, and so this, this, all of a sudden, this thirst came. Do you want to? You want to preach with me? Want to preach with me? Come on, let's go. All right, here we go. Hey, there you go. You can see so much more up here. This is what God does with us too. You know that? When we take us in His arms. All of a sudden, we see from a different perspective, huh? Right, right. You you begin to take on what Saint Paul heavenly perspective. I'm seated in heavenly places. And then when you're seated in heavenly places, this is a tangent right now. When I'm seated in heavenly places, then all of a sudden my problems look a lot smaller. When you're starting to work from heaven down to earth, it's a lot easier from earth to heaven, right? So, okay, that was a tangent. So this thirst, this thirst, and I was, I just want, I just, I just want to know this Jesus. And so I was a broke college kid. All I had in my, in my, uh, like my fraternity house was this old burnt down bar piece. It was a part of a bar. And so I would sit and have my breakfast right on top of this like bar kind of thing. And, and, I, and I said, well, I'm gonna have breakfast, breakfast with Jesus. And so I began to read the scriptures and I read through the whole New Testament. and I heard, And I, I heard of a God who loves us so much that he gave his life for us. And I said, if you're willing to give your life to me in this way, I'm willing to give my life to you in any way I can. And I began to radically give my life to Jesus. What does that look like? Well, you know, when he tells his disciples to to leave everything behind and follow me and give up all these things, I began to do that. I went through my clothes, girls. I went through my clothes, first of all. And I'm like, I started getting rid of all my clothes, the extra shoes, the extra shirts. I only had like one pair of pants and a few shirts, and that's about it. I'm getting rid of everything. And I began to get rid of everything. I began to pursue him in different churches. I I didn't care what church I went to. I just wanted to be with Jesus. I wanted to be around people that love Jesus. So I went to all sorts of different churches all over the place. I went on mission trips. I went to Mexico. I just wanted to experience Jesus in a profound way. And I did. I did. I did it through a community of believers who taught me a personal relationship in Christ, which I did not have or did not cultivate when I was a young Catholic boy. And so I started this personal relationship. I started eating the scriptures, gnawing on the scriptures, just delighting. Just like if you sit down at a, uh, if you ever go to a rich restaurant, you ever go to a rich restaurant and you're like, you see, you see, I mean, you you pay your money for that dish. You know what I'm saying? It's like 20 some bucks. And you're like, I am not going to scarf this down. I'm going to eat this very slowly and take all the flavor. And that's what I did with the scriptures. I began to eat the scriptures to devour it and and begin to grow in my relationships with uh, other community of believers. And then Eventually, I became an elementary special ed teacher. I taught for a couple years. I coached football, basketball. These are just some side things, really. These are just some things that I thought that God was calling me to. God uses all of that, and he's using it all right now, thanks be to God. But I thought I was called to be an elementary special ed teacher. Lo and behold, God said, you're going to be teaching, but you're going to be teaching about me. And I thank God for that. And you're going to be coaching. You're going to be coaching for me. I said, I like that team. I like that team. That team ain't going to lose. That ain't going to lose. You know what I'm saying? coached some teams that were bad. Woo, man, that was not good. But this team will not lose. And so I'm super grateful for all that. I began teaching, and and I loved it. All of a sudden, I I ran into a pastor, a Methodist pastor, that he kind of sat down with me, and we were lifting weights, and he's like, you know, Adam, you need to find a home. You need to find a home. You need to find a home to grow in. And I understood that. As an elementary special ed teacher and as a teacher in general, you need consistency in your day, don't you? Yes, you do. And you need consistency in your spiritual life, too. Yes, you do. That means waking up every morning and having somewhat of a routine, some sort of a, a, a schedule, a rhythm of life where Jesus is in everything, everything. So I knew that, and, but I didn't have that because I was going to all these different churches. So I began to seek the truth. I started asking all the questions like, what do you believe? Why do you believe it? What's going on here? Why do you do this? And I started asking these deep questions and I was just not satisfied with some of the answers. I wasn't satisfied with some of the answers. Many people, there were like, it's just scripture alone. And I was like, well, that's I understand, I guess. And then you read in the end of John's gospel and it says, listen, there's not enough books in the whole world to write about all the things that happened with Jesus. And I realized that there's tradition too. There's something more there too. So I was like, okay, okay, okay. And then other churches were just like, ah, oh, it's all just faith alone. It's just faith alone. And I'm like, well, that's cool. It is, man. Faith is everything. It's, it's, but St. But Paul says you can have all the faith to move mountains, but if you have not love, caritas, this act, this, this way in which your faith is so dynamic, you actually got to live it out like James says, right? And so I started, there's something more. There's something more. And I finally went back to the old Catholic church, went back to the old stomping grounds, walked in, and I said, you guys, that's idolatry, that's wrong that's wrong <laughs> started pointing my finger and stuff like that and then i had this one uh young woman actually she was probably about 27 years old came up to me and she she's like hey do you want to sit with our family for mass I said, sure yeah you know whatever and she took me up to the front the front listen if you're just visiting the catholic church that's the last place you want to go and you know what when you go to a catholic church the back row's always taken everybody's ready to go Everybody, as soon as, it's, as soon as it's, you know, blessing, boom, see ya. And so I went to the front and she had brothers and sisters. Come on, really? What did I just step into? And then I find out that she was studying theology at Dallas, Texas, and her sister was also a sister, a religious sister. I'm like, are you kidding me? Come on, God. And so I I had all these questions, and I went to them. I just asked them all the questions. Why do you guys worship Mary? Why do you do this? All these stereotypical kind of questions that, like, I didn't know at the time. And she gave me answers. She gave me answers. And all of a sudden, I came to this moment of truth where I was like a dog with his tail between his leg. I'm like, oh, dang. (laughs) Now what do I do? This is true. And I just remember the moment where I just fell in love with the church. First, I fell in love with Jesus. Then I fell in love with his bride the church, right? And then when I fell in love with this bride, the church, I decided, you know what, Lord, I'll do what you want me to do, whatever you want me to do, however you want me to serve. He called me into youth ministry. He called me into serving at the altar. He called me into doing all these things. And I just felt there was something more. There was, you ever have that feeling where there's something more you should be doing? Well, I had that. And, I, and then all of a sudden someone came up to me and, and they asked, you ever think about a priest being a priest? I said, no. Not at all. Not at all. And, and all I have ever seen is like old retired priests, ones that you kind of got to help up the altar and stuff like that, that. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, I don't really see it. Then I went to Steubenville, Ohio, and that kind of shook me up. I'm like, whoa, what's these young guys doing here? And it just kind of made me think like maybe, 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 maybe this is something God's going to. And I remember praying in adoration one time, and it was just this moment of clarity where it just, yes, Adam, Take a step in this direction. I'm calling you here. It was absolutely frightening because I had a job. I had a place. I had things going. Things were going good as a teacher. But the Lord said, I've got something even better. I was like, oh, I like that, Lord. I'm a little scared. Kind of like every disciple that follows Jesus. They're they're filled with fear and great awe. We're afraid because they're like, I don't even know what he's going to do next but you're in awe because every time you keep stepping with him, you see something incredible. You see a miracle. You see all these things beautiful happening. And there's one thing that I learned later on in the seminary. And I learned about the Holy Spirit. Because when I grew up and when I was kind of into the Catholic thing for a while and all that, it was it was very like, you need to deny yourself. You need to, to, to confess your sins and and it's all about the cross. And yes, it is. It's all about the cross. But man, there's some resurrection up in there too. You know what I'm saying? There's something more. Because it's not. that's not the end. That's not the end. You've been forgiven of your sins when you go to a priest. When you, when you ask Lord Jesus with sincere heart and you say, Lord, forgive me your sins. Good, I'm empty. But he doesn't want you to remain empty. He wants you to get filled. Amen? Yeah. Look at that. There's a smile. There's a smile. He wants you to get filled with his Holy Spirit. And then I started learning more about this this Holy Spirit, that he's not just someone to make you feel good and comfortable inside, but he's actually here to empower you, to have you move in power. And just as Jesus moved in the world, we're called to move in the world because the same spirit that lived in Jesus lives in us, brothers and sisters, and he wants out. He wants out. It's it's time to, like, don't keep them closed in. Stop staying staying in the church. Get out and move in power. Move in power. And so I started learning more about the Holy Spirit, about moving in power, about what Jesus commissioned his disciples to do. What did he commission his disciples to do? Miraculous stuff. Crazy stuff. He said, go. Cleanse the lepers. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. I said, raise the what? Yes. Jesus didn't say, oh, you know what? I was just playing about that one. He didn't didn't say that. He did not say that. He's given you the power and the authority to do the miraculous. He's waiting for a willing heart to say yes to what he wants to do in the world. We need to step up as Christians. We need to let that Holy Spirit out. Bill Johnson, one of the guys I I, kind of follow out of Bethel Church in California, he says there are many... Unbelieving believers. (laughs) You believe enough to get to heaven, but not enough for heaven to come and invade your life, right? And we're not just called to get to heaven. We're called to bring heaven down to earth. We're called to look up in heaven. We're called to pray, to seek the mind of Christ, like my brother was talking about. Seek the mind of Christ. What is your mind? What is your will, Lord God? What's it like up there, Father? And then Bring that down here. Jesus said, I only do what my father, what I see my father doing. He's given us a model. He's also said this, I only say what I hear my father saying. We need to have one ear on the world and one on heaven. We need to keep seeking in his mind. What is it you want to say, Lord God? What is it you want to say? What is it you want to do? How do you want to move through me? How do you want the spirit to move through me? I do not want to be a barrier to your Holy Spirit. I do not want to quench the Spirit. I do not want to stifle the Spirit. I want the Spirit to flow out of me like a river, and I want other people to get nourished by that water. I want people to grow as I continue to flow. That's what I want. I don't know if you want the same thing, but that's what I want, and I believe that God is ushering in a time of consolation. There's, there's the scripture passages that I've been reading and just been like All over my mind and constantly God keeps bringing up is Isaiah chapter 40 and onward. The book of consolation. And it speaks about something. I just want to read it really quick here. I don't really have a stand, so I know my Bible's on the ground. No one throw rocks. So Isaiah chapter 43, it says, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. That's a word right there. I like to forget about the COVID stuff and all the junk and gunk that's been happening in the past here. Racism and all that that junk that God does not want. Forget that old stuff. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make it away in the wilderness in rivers in the desert. Some of us feel like desert. And God has got a river that wants to flow. He wants to flow through you, living waters. For I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, I give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. Woo! Isaiah, get it. Any good. Spend some time in that word right there. (laughs) Seriously, the consolation is coming, and it's gonna come through you. God's waiting for you to say yes to what he wants to do here on the earth. He will not force it. He's waiting for you to just, all you need to do is say yes. You don't need to have the abilities to do any of this. We just need to have a surrendered heart. One that's willing to to allow the Holy Spirit to move us to do things that we naturally couldn't do. That's what brothers and sisters. It's a free gift, and it's being given to you right now. The good news is is that God has given us the authority to go and do the miraculous. And in the Garden of Eden, so we start from the beginning. In the beginning, God created Adam and Eve. This is the good news. This is the story we need to communicate to our people, the good news. Adam and Eve were in the garden, and God said to Adam and Eve, go. Go. Subdue the earth, rule it, have dominion over it. Pretty much in a sense, expand the garden. Expand the garden. From day one, God has been on the mission of evangelization and expanding the garden. So he tells Adam and Eve to go, expand the garden, go claim things, have dominion over the earth. And then something happens. They lose faith in God that he's a good father, and they want to be like God, which they were already like God, but they fell into temptation. In the same keys, we could call them keys, authority that God gave Adam and Eve in the beginning, they gave up to Satan. God gave them the keys of authority to have dominion and rule over the world, and they gave those keys up to Satan. And so Satan ruled the world for some time, Jesus even says in Luke chapter 4, he calls Satan the prince of this world because we forfeited the keys to Satan. And so God had to send someone to kick Satan's butt. And you know who that was? It was Jesus. Jesus came and upon the cross, he died for us, died for our sins, made atonement for the sin that we committed, that broken relationship that we had with God. He mended it through the cross. He brought us back together with the Father. He took those keys from Satan, and then he gives them to us. In Matthew chapter 28, he says to his disciples, Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, teaching them all that I have taught you and baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He now gives you and me the keys of authority to go and have dominion over this world for Christ. Begin to claim things for Jesus Christ expand the kingdom he's given you everything that you need everything that you need i'm going to i'll end with prayer and i just want to invite everybody to to get into that posture again come on up you can pray too to get into that posture where we just kind of place ourselves in the presence of the lord and just like I, joseph was mentioning he mentioned a little bit about imagining jesus before you i just want you to pause for a moment and just Just to imagine, allow your imagination, allow the Holy Spirit who speaks through our imagination to give you an image of Jesus. This is something I do in prayer all the time because I don't want to just, I'm not praying to nothing. I'm actually praying to a person. And the Holy Spirit shows us the face of Jesus. The Holy Spirit shows us the face of Jesus. So Holy Spirit, show us the face of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We praise you, Lord God. Thank you for your face. Thank you for ruling over all of our issues, all of our problems. Yes, Lord Jesus. Come with your power. It's you who promised that you would send the Holy Spirit upon us, the Spirit of truth, the Spirit to lead us into all truth. Show us the Father, Lord. We bring before you all of our issues, and we're tired of trying to do that on our own. We can't do it on our own anymore, Lord. We need your solutions. Father, I love it that you are in heaven and you're not worried about what's gonna happen in the world. You already know the end of the story and the story is good. The story is good. Thank you, Lord. You have defeated sin and Satan. You have every solution to every problem we have. Come receive the solutions. Come receive the gifts you need. Come. There's so much here, he says. I've got an abundance. I'm just waiting for you to ask. I love it in John's Gospel, chapter 14 through 16. He gives us, he writes four blank checks. He says, Ask and I will give it 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 ask ask in john's gospel chapter chapter 4 the woman at the well she's at the well and jesus says if you knew the gift of god you would have asked and he would have given you living water living water if you knew the gift of god you would have asked And God would have given. Brothers and sisters, we need to know this Holy Spirit, the gift of God. We need to know who he is. We need to know the power that he has available for us. And we need to ask. Ask for it. Ask for more. Ask for more of his presence. And he will give it. He will give it in abundance. Dark. love is reckless he's recklessly pursuing us and i want to just stay in this anointing thank you joseph stay in this anointing right now right now this is where we need to be i've learned in prayer that sometimes you know we rush through prayer to get to somewhere else but this is where we need to be in the presence of jesus christ amen because when you're in the presence what else is there what else will you what else do you need you don't need anything else Nothing else, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters but Him, Jesus Christ, seated on the throne above your problems. He's reigning above it all. Everybody say, He reigns above my problems. He He reigns above my problems. You know, there's something that I've learned in worship is, is, and I learned it from King David. King David, he was both a warrior and a worshiper. You can be seated, that's all right, that's all right. You can be seated. He was a warrior and a worshiper. But I found out that, guess what? I can fight battles, I can fight wars by worshiping, by worshiping. And there's a quick, there's a there's a way in which I enter into worship and I wanna do it right now with you. I want you to join me as I enter into the presence of God because in Psalm 100 verse four or three, one of the two, it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise praise so you begin with thanksgiving and then as you thank him you begin to thank him and thank him and thank him and thank him all of a sudden praise erupts out of you that's how it works it's kind of like uh you ever been old school campfire you know and you had the stick and you're like right right And you have to like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And all of a sudden, boom, a flame comes out of it. And so we're going to do that right now. And I know some of us may be Catholic. Maybe we're not used to speaking out loud or whatever. I don't care. This is where the reckless comes in, right? If you want his reckless love upon you, you've got to be a little reckless yourself. You know what I'm saying? you got to be a little reckless yourself. And so I want you to just kind of enter into worship right now. We're going to begin to thank him. Begin to thank him little small big thank him thank him out loud I want to hear it I want to hear it I want to hear it thank him thank you Jesus thank you for this breath Lord thank you for my family thank you for my brothers thank you for my nephews my niece thank you Lord that we get this chance to worship you thank you Jesus thank you thank you and then as you thank him just allow yourself to get to this point of praise where you just say we adore you Lord we glorify you we worship you you are mighty god and prince of peace you have a name for every need that we have i am hungry lord i am your hunger i am your food i'm thirsty lord i am your drink lord i need strength i am your strength thank you jesus don't stop don't stop don't stop And, and if you don't even know what to say just begin to speak in tongues if you can speak in tongues fine if you can't ask for that gift and just just worship him worship him worship him. Thank you, Jesus. We glorify you. This time is yours, Jesus. Holy Spirit, this time is yours. Interrupt, interrupt all you want, Lord. I've got, I've got an idea, but your idea is so much better, Lord. It's always so much better, and so we give you this time. Interrupt, but in, Lord. Come on in, come on in. We worship you. We glorify you, Thank you Jesus. Jesus, if you feel peace, if you feel joy, if you feel that rest upon you right now, that's the presence of the Almighty coming upon you. Just begin to thank him for that presence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I met a brother and sister before tonight began and He humbled himself, and he asked for prayers. I know he'd be comfortable with this. Let's magnify those prayers. My brother Rick over here, his wife Karen. And uh, I already prayed over you, brother, but um, I'm going to hand it off to Father. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just ask for your blessing upon your beloved Son, Lord God. You are the divine physician. You are the great I Am. You are the healer. That is your name. Make manifest your name upon him, Lord God. May your presence reign within his body, Lord God. I asked you when you came, you had a level of pain, 0 to 10. You said 3 or 4 or something. Where are you at right now? No um, pain at all. Negative. <laughs> <laughs> glory glory to you, Jesus. Glory to you, Jesus. Is there anybody else that needs healing? That's why we're healing. The Christian body gets together, right? We come together. We break bread. We pray. And this is a part of that prayer is the, the Lord wants the body to be made whole. That's why he died, so that we can be made whole, that we can be made one with the Father, restored. Left hip. Okay, so Heavenly Father, Lord, we just ask, we ask for new salsa dance and hips. New salsa dance and hips, Lord God. Lord, we pray that he begin to dance for joy, just like David did before the ark. Yes, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Healing upon his hips, Lord God. Does it feel any different? I'm zero right here. Zero pain in his hips. My brothers and sisters, we got a new salsa dancing. gentleman right here. Right here. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Good, good, good. God of the universe fashioned our hearts for his indwelling spirit. Our hearts will not rest until they rest in him. Join us at oneheartonecity.us.